Welcome, one and all, to a new episode of the Tour Collection. I am one of your hosts, Jack, joined by my brother, Charlie. On this episode, we shall call chapter, what is that, five? Episode twelve? Mm-hmm. As, as you can tell, maybe you can't tell, but it's a beautiful Sunday. The weather's it's cooling down. I'll tell you one thing right now, Charlie, before I finish introducing you. We have like been turning the AC off during the day, and it is the nicest thing in the world to like not have the AC going grrr all day. It's so nice. And so, Charlie, that's why I'm going to bring it over to you. How has your AC been running? Still cold? Uh, I, I, got, some, I got some strong. bad intros, but, you know. <laughs> no, it's okay. My AC... It's been running cold. I've been running it a lot this summer. Um, I like it cold, so it's, you know, even as cold as it has been getting, I still feel like it gets kind of warm in our room. And just mm-hmm. with, I wish we could open up the windows, but like with the way our house is situated, the windows kind of open up like an awkward spot. And so like the little subunits behind our house. And so like it just, yeah, you don't want to sleep with the windows open. Like it's just not, not quite good enough, which is one thing, you know, a little unfortunate, but overall, I would say it's good. I mean, you know, I would like to jump into my week here, but I feel odd just uh, jumping into it. Is unless you know, unless you want me to. But since you kind of set that up with uh, how's your AC running, I wasn't. wasn't, wasn't yeah, quite it was. Sure. I always, you know, <laughs> you know me. I always throw those curveballs. So, but yeah, I mean, if you want to jump into how your week was uh, before I tell how my week sure. was, I mean. That's perfectly fine. I'm not I'm not mad at all. Good. Well, honestly, I had a little bit of a, a draining week last week. <gasps> I feel like for the most part, my weeks are pretty, you know, good and stable. But last week, just with like work and, you know, stuff like that. For some reason, it was just a draining week. You know, there are several days there where I feel like I was just like, man, like I'm just tired and beat and kind of don't want to do anything so i feel like a lot of my more habitual stuff like writing kind of stayed steady writing's at a point now for me where it's like it's pretty easy to like have off days and still get some work done or something like that yeah which is nice but like working out i think it worked out monday tuesday and then nothing and you know i'll start it up again and i'm trying not to beat myself up about it but it is like man but it's just you know one of those weeks one of those weeks where it just is like had kind of low energy and like I said, a lot of it, I think, came from work, especially just because, I mean, our it, it, nothing really affecting me, mm-hmm. but just like drama and tension between manager and other supervisors. Oh, and, you know, it's just like, it's just dumb stuff. I mean, yeah, if you want to know how I feel about the whole situation, listen to Tales of the it's Service Industry. Uh, anything... It's just, I mean, stuff yeah, like that, definitely. you know what I mean? But overall, I would say it's a pretty good week. You know, I'm very heavily kind of invested in some different audiobooks and stuff that I've been listening to and, you know, just uh, just trucking along. Kind of glad to, like, cap off this week and start into the routine of a new week as well. Should be exciting. So I'm ready for it. Very nice. I think... Uh... As far as my week goes, it's been kind of... I've been not in the same boat as you. Um, work work was fine this week. 
but Ellie had a fall break, so she was off this whole week, and so we had to kind of finagle, like, okay, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, could, you know, mom and dad, can you watch Ellie for the morning? So I leave for work super early. Laura takes Ellie to the parents' house. We had to kind of, like, work out that kind of stuff for Thursday and Friday, and I'm, dude, I can't tell you how much, you know, I'm, <laughs> it's like, man, fall break as a kid, super nice. As an adult, as a parent, golly, I can't wait till she gets back into school. She's been testing <laughs> our patience. But, uh, you know, she's only four, so it's going to happen. Ellie, do you want to say anything? She, I don't know if you heard that, but she said no. Probably, you no. Probably can, <laughs> no. What is, it, what is that from? No. That's from Invader Zim. Right? No. I, there's like this, I mean, there's so many this things. This is really weird part where I forget who it is. It's either Dib or someone is like looking at this squirrel and they think it's Zim. And at one point, like the squirrel, <laughs> it looks like it's Zim, but it's actually a squirrel. So, like, it's because you're seeing through the eyes of whoever it is. And the squirrel goes, No, in this really weird voice. And you're like, Wait, so wait, did the squirrel say, You know what I'm talking about? It is a. I do, man. Invader Zim is just full of iconic <laughs> moments in general. The, um,. That'd be a fun. That'd be a fun episode in, to do. Rewatch that series because I've watched it in a, a while. Really good show. I mean, they released the movie like what last year, maybe the year before. Enter the Florpus. Oh no, several years ago. I mean, I would say it's up to like four no, years no ago. No way, it was four, four years ago. Are you kidding me? I remember seeing. It was the Invader Zim. Enter. There it is. Enter the Dragon. There, there we go. There we go. Enter the dragon. Um. Yeah, 2019. Yeah, I'm okay. not crazy. Two years. Because I remember seeing Johan Vazquez posting about it on Twitter. So, anyways. But yeah, it's been a, just a, a week. I haven't really been able to focus on much else this week, just because it's it's been a busy one. So you know, I get home, sleep, or just try to spend time with the fam, but. I've been getting into Bloodborne again, playing that, streaming that. It's been a super fun time, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, when a, a new viewer came in, it was like, hey, I'll give you five gift subs if you can beat Father Gascoin with uh, Unarmed Only. I got really close a couple of times, huh. but. I, I think I could do it. That doesn't. It, Unar- I guess unarmed only, so yeah, you, can't you can't do parries so or anything. You're only real. So you, have to result so you to- use like the his the music box to yeah. make him go like, ah ah. But sometimes like the backstabs with unarmed doesn't do times, work though. the same way as it does with a weapon. It's really weird. Um, so I got super close a couple yeah. times, but I was like, I I want to move on. I I gotta stop. So, but it was it was a fun challenge to say the least. So yeah, but yeah, if you guys want to catch more of that, just uh, Jack of Jacks on Twitch. Uh, and then finally, just been working on some music in FL Studio. Nothing really for anything, but just kind of personally uh, having fun with that. And yeah, it's been it's been a, a good week overall. I would say just tiring and busy. Yeah, same here. Not, not so much on the busy side for me, but just just tiring. Mm-hmm. It was a tiring week. Oh, definitely. So. Well, from there, I went to. Jump off into our topic, Charlie, if that's okay with you, unless you have anything else you want to say. Oh, no. Not yet, anyways. 
You guys Not know by yet. the title of today's episode that we're talking about strategy games. And this is going to be mainly about our experiences and the games we played. There are way more games in the strategy sphere than what we're going to mention or talk about. As far as like pro like pro players and the whole esports side of it, we're not going to get into that because that's not something we ever did. So a lot of it comes from family, friend, personal experiences. And so I'm I'm looking forward to get into this because Age of Empires was a huge part of our childhood, as was StarCraft. I mean, all of all of our brothers are just we love the soundtrack to StarCraft especially. Uh, Henry loves the Protoss one the most. I don't know why. Mm. But the Terrans arguably have the best one out of all of them. Uh, Age of Empires, iconic soundtracks, mm. iconic just, you know, sound effects. Uh, and just really fun map modes. So, Charlie, I, I'll let you kind of decide which game you want to jump into first. Um, you know, see uh, where you want to take it. Yeah, you know, I so I chose this topic. And originally I was just thinking about doing StarCraft because... Starcraft, I've been a fan of for a long time. I mean, especially when you talk about like just the style of it and like the world and, you know, very cool to me. Like, I just always really liked it. Um, But, you know, I kind of was like, well, let's extend it out a little bit to other RTS games because really like Starcraft is just kind of one of the many. And like you said, yeah, they were very one of the few games that weren't super demanding for the computers we had at the time. Mm -hmm. And so we did play a lot of it. Um, but I would like to start with, I think, just the classic. The one that's probably... Fr- well, no, there's a couple of ones that are fresh in my mind. Fresh. But uh, Age of Empires. Which one? And specifically, we'll, we'll probably start with one, go to two, talk about three a little bit. Then six. There's but man, no six. I... So honestly, I know I played the first one a lot. But here's what I can tell you from what I remember about the first one. God damn ballistas i don't know if it was just the way the computer ai was able to micro their units and i you know to to take a step back so like jack said not anywhere near the level of even like a casual esports rts player but you know microing your units is in a lot of these games you gather and build and construct a lot of different units and so you can select them all and have them attack but Really good players, so not me, really good players can, within those conflicts, be moving units, be like targeting specific units. And the computers, when you fight against an AI opponent, they can do that as well. And so you'd be trying to chase down these ballistas and they're just fast enough to turn and shoot, turn and shoot. And just they can just mow down forces of units and you can barely catch them. Yeah, yep, yep. And so... <laughs> I really remember that the <laughs> very strongly the from the first Age of Empires. Oh, but man, I got to tell you, like, for me, it really starts with uh, Age of Empires 2 as far as, like, the fondness for that game. But man, yeah, the first one, I just remember, like, the siege weapons just being, like, god tier. Especially if you could use them in the oh, right yeah. way. Like, oh, whenever yeah. I would use them, they'd just get demolished. Because I couldn't, I couldn't manage my base and then be like, oh, I'm going to micro this group of ballistas to take down this horde of units it's like nah i can't do yeah that. but the, <laughs> the first can't, can't do instead of that iconic mission where you start off with just the monk and you go and convert like the yellow team oh slowly build a base from that and then go and fight the the red team that was a really fun story so that mission. was that was yeah. the first one and then they also had like the uh, uh yeah that was a good one the hopolites 
And they had they had a lot of really cool mm. uh unit designs in that game, I gotta say. The aesthetic of Age of Empires One yeah, is super definitely dope. yeah. Like the era oh, yeah. of Age of Empires One is really cool. You know, like Roman Empire and, you know, a lot of that stuff, which does continue over into the second one, but the second one's definitely more modernized as far as like the point in history that they chose. But man, yeah, the the first game, I just just talk about a game that like you want to be good at. Like it feels so good when everything is going right in Age of Empires. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's something I think kind of carries a torch through a lot of these RTS games is that sometimes, especially for me, like you can hit those moments where you're like can see through or you can see the strategy and it just all culminates together in like a victory or you suffer a loss and you have to retreat back or build new walls. And I just always, always kind of liked that. Yeah. Almost like a management where, you know, you're just managing this country during there wartime, is, which is always, it's always there been is very a moment in those games though, where if you're losing, like there's a difference between like, okay, I can, you know, build back from this and then being, I, I should just quit now. There's no use in even trying. You know what I mean? It's like when you're when you pull away like two yeah. villagers after everything else is destroyed, it's just like I'm I'm gonna just start a new game and you know, do this a little bit better. <laughs> so I mean sometimes it's fun to have a good, if you're playing with someone else, it's fun to have those two villagers like go into your friend's encampment and you like, you know, build a little base start in there. Uh but if it's if you're doing it solo, it's a it's a little rough to do that. Yeah. So I would agree. But ultimately, Jack, I think for both of us, Age of Empires 2 really starts, I mean, the you know, just the, the classic era of RTSs for us. I mean, Age of Empires 2 and probably StarCraft um, are really the ones that, especially in childhood, I remember a ton of. I yes. mean, Age of Empires 2, what can you not say about that game? I... You know, Jack and I played it recently where we did a lot of like siege based maps and it is just there's something about it that you just feel so accomplished when you are able to defeat, you know, your opponent or able to construct or defend. And there's something that and I'm trying to think of why, but there's something that's so magnetic about that game. Like you just don't want to stop playing it. Like I can lose four hours to engage Age of Empires and not blink an eye at it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, and that's yeah. to me like the sign of a great game. I mean, other games like I can do that in Minecraft or other games that I get really obsessed in. But like Age of Empires, every single time I play it, it's like, oh no, you don't just sit down and play for thirty minutes. You sit down for like a session. Yeah, Age I think Empires. with Age of Empires too, especially because they kind of early RTS games. Sorry, or RTS if you don't know abbreviation for real time strategy. So real time strategy games, um, RTS games. Early on, we're kind of really clunky. So if you go back and play like Age of Empires 3, Age of Empires 2, you know, they feel way smoother to play. You go back back and play Age of Empires 1 or Warcraft 1, and those games are mm. they're difficult to play because of how archaic the controls are. And like you can yeah. still enjoy it, but it's not nearly as smooth as the newer ones are. So Age of Empires 2 just has this way where you the beginning hour of a match or however long it takes for you to do this, you know, is one of the most fun parts because you kind of start getting into the flow of I'm getting enough wood. I'm getting enough food. Okay. I need some stone and you get some more gold. You kind of start getting into the flow of resources, unlocking the tech trees, building new units, building walls. And you kind of 
at that point, the AI has attacked you a couple of times, or if you're fighting against, like, you know, friends, they've attacked you a couple of times, and you're both in agreement that you're not just going to go in and squash the whole base. You know what I mean? Because uh, that just kind of mm-hmm. ruins it. So you attack, force is defeated, attack the wall a bit, disperse, that kind of thing. And so then you you kind of go back, okay, plan like plan B, how do I do this better? And so you kind of slowly just start building everything, and there's this micromanaging and kind of this weird aesthetic of making your city look nice as well, not just building it at random of what you need. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, the the whole game it just has a lot of things going for it that really kind of just make for a super fun, engaging experience. And especially with friends, you can kind of set your own rules, and that's kind of where, mm, for me, the game shines. I mean, we had a couple of sessions where... Mm-hmm. It was four or five of us, like on land connections, you know, all kind of going at it, you know, two of us on a team, two of us on a team, then like, quote unquote, the best ones on a team by themselves or whatever, you know, like we kind of did a lot of that stuff. And so Age of Empires 2 was really the the most multiplayer we ever got with RTS games, at least for me. I don't know about you, Charlie. Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, a couple other ones sneak in there. Like, uh, we'll bring it up, of course, and talk more about it. But Supreme Commander. I do remember playing a lot of land stuff with Supreme Commander. Um, But, yeah, you know, Age of Empires 2, I think, is really where it starts. You know, because it's not necessarily, like, a hyper-violent game. So, like, back in the days when our parents did care about, like, the type of stuff we were playing. Like, it was not, you know, one of the banned ones. And, yeah, it's just... I got just really, really solid. I mean, even now, like Jack and I got what several months ago, a month ago, we were playing these games where like you couldn't have any ships and the land was divided and you had these like roadways. And so Jack and I'd be building walls and we'd be setting the AI opponents to like super hard, difficult, or not super hard, but hard difficulty. Yeah. And so it would be like just huge wars of attrition. And, you know, like it just, it just fun stuff where like, you really, you know, the that feeling of, like, over or conquering something or, like, being like, oh, man, we're, we're on the back foot now because this, this section of wall broke down, so now I have to build a new wall, and now I have to... We're trying to build the walls, and Jack's like, I need oh, reinforcements. Man. And I, you know, sending my troops parts, to drag enemies away. One and, of the coolest parts is when we did a lot of <laughs> ships, but there's just that one landlocked area. Um, and yeah. so there was... I was the Vikings, and so the Vikings at long ship special unit boats... And Charlie was, like, retreating, pulling his guys back because the enemy forces were overtaking him. And he's like, he's like, Jack, I need help. And so I send in, like, 30 longships from the shore. Arrows flying in from the shore. So, you know, and Charlie's like, all right. And Charlie's yeah. new group reinforcements come in that just push, you know, back. Man, that kind of stuff is so fun. I can't tell you <laughs> that. I think even when I was, like, 80 years old, that kind of thing is still going to be like one of the coolest things you can do in a video game is just kind of seeing, you know, these yeah. 20 guys wounded, getting sniped in the back as they're running by these like archers. Long ships come in, arrows go flying down, and then the enemy starts retreating. And it, it's just, you could do a lot of really cool things with Age of Empires 2. And I think that's why it shines out, arguably, probably for yeah. me the most. Uh, while other games definitely have either yep. more scale or different kinds of interactions. Agent Empires 2 is just, I mean, I think you agree with me, Charlie. It just, no other game can do that, really. It's yeah, it's it's really unique to that game, I think. Definitely, definitely. 
And like, I think for me, you know, ultimately that, uh, moving on into like Starcraft, you know, that's where I Starcraft, I played so much, you know what I mean? Like, so just, just so much. I mean, as much as I played it in Age of Empires, Starcraft for me, story-wise, campaign-wise, I mean, yes, playing against f- friends, and, you know, playing against like you and... You know, for me, StarCraft is, especially that first one. I, I did get a little bit into StarCraft 2, but StarCraft 2, by the time I did play it, I think was a little, the complexity of it kind of pushed me away, and I never tried to go back or even play the campaign, mm-hmm. which I would like to at some point. But, man, the first StarCraft game, StarCraft and then sort of Brood War the expansion, I they're fantastic. And... Like Jack said earlier, like the music. I mean, music in oh. Age of Empires, incredible, right? And, Definitely. But man, the music in StarCraft, oh, it's just, it's iconic. I mean, the Terran theme with the guitar, kind of like that space western style. You got like, you know, you got Protoss yeah. and you got the creepy Zerg soundtrack. I gotta, you know, gotta love it. But Jack... Yeah. I feel like you've already given it away, but what's your favorite in StarCraft? Favorite race? So th- this race is where I think I- I'm most comfortable with the Terran as far as playing them. Okay. But I I think I enjoy playing the Protoss more solely because of the Dark Templars, the uh, mm. Carriers, and the Archons. <laughs> Though the, yeah. And, and the whole like High Templars, all those units are super cool. And I mean, there's awesome. just something about the carriers. So when you click on a unit in StarCraft, there's like a voice line that plays. And carriers, mm-hmm. their units just have this like really deep, you know, voice. They're just like, carrier has arrived. You know, and these huge ships yeah. that shoot out these like smaller ships. And when the enemies have carriers, it's so overwhelming because like 12 it little is. drones come out from a carrier. Just, you know, like that kind of thing. And it's, I don't know. So the Protoss, I think, are up there late game for me as being, like, my favorite to play. Terran, in the beginning, I'm just super comfortable with, like, okay, I know how to do this, this, this step one, step two, step three. Yeah. Protoss, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of finding more by the seat of my pants. You know what I mean? So, mm, yeah. but I don't know. There's And there's also something about getting Dark Templars as early as you can. And they're, like, a cloaked unit, so you can't see them unless you have oh. a detector. And so it's horrifying playing against those guys because you're like, okay, I'm going to send out these 12 guys, build a base over here, building a base. And you just hear, your force is under attack. You go over there, and they're just guys dying in like one hit. And you're like, oh my God. And so, <laughs> so you're like, you just try to pull them out yeah. of there and they're still being slaughtered. It's, it's brutal, but it's a lot of fun. So I don't know, I'm 50, 50, but I think you're right. If I had to make a choice, it would be Terran. Hmm. Uh, okay. They just have a, so many iconic characters too. Goliaths. I love them, but they yeah. suck. Except for anti-air, but... Yeah, you know, that's, to me, like, that's why I think StarCraft is so successful, because, you know, the campaign, the story is... I mean, it hey, is what it is. Keep going, I'm gonna grab a cup of coffee. Oh, you're good. The story is what it is for StarCraft, but what's so cool about it is that they slowly introduce you to all these different units, you know, much like other RTS games, where it's like, they kind of cap you, they soft cap you, you know. But you get... And the, just the units are so cool. So Jack was talking about the Terrans, so like the humans. Humans are super flexible in whatever they do. Like their buildings can pick up and fly, so you can move bases around. I mean, talk about just 
I, 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 I hate to keep using this word, but just iconic. Like even like the Marines and the fire bats. And oh, if you want to talk about my favorite Terran unit, the ghost. So late into the game, after you've unlocked the science facility, you can get an add on to the science facility. It's like covert ops. And this unlocks a unit in your barracks, the kind of the building that produces your attack units. And this unit's the ghost. And they're armed. They just have this awesome design. Like, think about, like, a sci-fi sniper that can cloak and go invisible. You can also build nuclear missiles, and then you can have your ghosts literally, like, launch nuclear strikes. And they just have this awesome, like, voice to them, and their rifle sounds amazing. And it was just, I always really loved the design of the ghost you know what i mean and i think starcraft and i just blizzard in general has always been really strong about that i mean i'm sure we'll talk a little bit about warcraft too but the design of all of the units in starcraft is just awesome i mean science vessel like battleships i mean how can i mean even like just like the uh i forgot what the basic flying units called jack the wraith the wraith i mean like all the units just have so such a cool character to them and this extends to all of the races which like when you're playing age of empires you know all of your units do kind of blend in together and it's not that like oh hey you know your spearmen or your swordsmen or they are they do look different but starcraft is a little bit more of a zoomed in version so instead of managing groups of 50 units you're managing what 12 or 16 or however many it is yeah and so like all of the units become much more real and tangible to you for sure. And so then you, you just take off and you're just going and you're just listening to the music and getting the out. story yeah. is good. I mean, that's the thing is that like playing through the campaign of Starcraft is really fun. You know what I mean? Like Tassadar's, sorry, I'm spoiling Starcraft here, but like Tassadar's sacrifice to kill like the Overmind and Kerrigan's thing. And it's just like some iconic gaming stuff happens in Starcraft that's still referenced. You know, like I mean, the regressions. Yeah, construct additional pylons. I mean, like stuff that like has like escaped into culture, you know, or like, oh man, I'm gonna zerg these guys. That like that's a statement that not everybody says, but nerds say, and so it comes zerg from Starcraft. these guys. I should say that when so, I play uh, Warzone again. I'm gonna zerg <laughs> these guys. I, I so, asked you, Jack. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh sorry. No, I, was I, I, I asked you what your favorite race was, but I was gonna see if you could guess mine. Try. I don't want to get political. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite race is the whites don't say that dude <laughs> oh my gosh hey now we'll get canceled uh, that'll be the, fir- know, the first thinking, clip we I, post onto like tiktok or something is just that out of context <laughs> i was thinking i was thinking about like saying that i was like what race is your favorite and i was like i hope jack doesn't try to make a joke <laughs> and then you <laughs> made it okay <laughs> No, but I will say one of the major differences, and this is why sometimes I'm in the mood for one and not the other, Age of Empires, the way we play it, you need about two solid hours to like play through a game, sometimes more. Age of Empires, you can play through four games in 30 minutes, depending on what computer you're facing. You know what I mean? They're very differently paced games, and I think that's why they kind of stand out, not only just Aesthetically, they're super different, but also just the way you play the games is very different as well. So it's there. It's yeah. a really they're two very 
cool sides of the RTS spectrum, I want to say. Definitely. But I, I could not talk about StarCraft and not talk about my favorite race, the Zerg. It's just funny because, you know, you would think Charlie would probably like the Terran. I just gushed about how cool the ghosts are. And I, they are cool. I mean, the click Yay. that their rifle at guy could go on and on. Nuclear launch detected. I could go on and on about ghosts. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> like, their, their whole design is just awesome. They have the gas right? masks and, like, the... But, yeah. man, there's something about the zerg that i just love i love their weird hive mind thing i love the de- fleshy design of all their buildings and like there's something so satisfying about the zerg and how you can kind of just like consume other you know other little settlements or you have to spread the creep and, yeah you know especially as the zerg get more powerful like their the canals that they can summon to like hop between different areas and your overlords, easy scouting right in the beginning. Zerglings are super cheap. And I mean, it's just hydralisks are awesome. Not to mention like lurkers, like the <laughs> upgrade of the hydralisks that burrow underground and shoot spines out. I mean, moldalisks, guardians. I mean, like you, you got to tell you, you can tell you what. The Zerg, I think are fantastic. Oh, for sure. And like Jack said, that, that is what's so great about StarCraft is that like the early game, it starts off super simple. And definitely, I know I can't be an esports player because I, especially when we get into like later stages, and this happens in Age of Empires as well, but especially later games of StarCraft when you have a lot to manage and you're trying to push and expand a new base, you're trying to harass an enemy, you're trying to do whatever and upgrade and move units around and have defense. And then like, I just can't do it all. And so even like, defilers like some weird tech units that the zerg have like are hard from your queens if you're i tell you what i mean the computer is amazing oh my gosh yeah like and and the scientists the science vessels science units yeah any of the tech units i tend to suffer with a little bit i mean the arbiters and you run into the same prop oh arbiters the corsairs high templars i mean the protoss are annoying yeah dude oh high templars and they're lightning storm <laughs> lightning storms yeah ah these are gonna be fine right here hey why are the terran just you know detect this area protoss comes up <laughs> like electrocutes them all and you're like what the heck dude <laughs> but yeah i mean starcraft in terms of just design is amazing yes i mean every like i said every unit is from the simple marine to the to, to the zealots to the dragoons like in the lore behind, like, Dragoons are what? Zealots that can't fight anymore. And so they're put into these, like, robotic constructions, you know? Or how the protests, like, warp in their buildings. Like, that's amazing. Like, yeah, that's a awesome. Planet. You know, it's. There's a lot of really yeah. cool. I mean, just down to the fact that each race builds their buildings differently. Like you said, like, the Protoss, mm-hmm. their little units, you just warp in the buildings. The Zerg, their units actually, like, you use them to construct buildings. And then you have the Terran that are more mm-hmm. conventional. They just, you know, time is taken up of that unit to build the building, and then they're free to use again. So it's, each one has, like, its pros and cons. Like, very distinctive pros and cons, I think. So it's... Yeah, pros and cons, but then they're all kind of balanced. Yes. Like, you always find, 
that when you're playing a game of StarCraft, if you think that you have a group of like invincible enemies, there's probably another enemy type or another like uh, unit type of the opposite faction that is a direct counter. And that's where StarCraft becomes, I think, you know, I mean, I've watched some professional esports players play StarCraft and I mean, it's insane. Like the amount of things you have to keep track of in your brain and the amount of just microing enemies and knowing all the shortcuts. I mean, like that's what I struggle with. Like I'm not super used to gaming on a PC. And so like having key shortcuts to build buildings or key shortcuts, to activate abilities and knowing exactly that that's what, what it's going to do. Like, yeah, StarCraft is, I mean, amazing. I've got siege tanks. Oof. I mean, geez, vultures. I mean, like any, you could pick like any, like you said, the Goliaths are badass, man. They're not that great. <laughs> yeah. They're really good missile turrets. But like, I mean, Goliath on <laughs> the vultures. And they're, What's your it's problem? Just, it's just amazing. I mean, even when you get into like Brood War, you get medics. Medics are great. And I mean, like, even, even the drop ships are great too, you know, like. The dropships, I think, are very inspired from like Alien. Yeah. Oh, you know, definitely. The, the dropship operators, she's like straight up bubble gum, alien, and for sure. Like I, I want, I think, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe StarCraft is they took inspiration from Warhammer 40k, and some of their like in the design of the. I I it's, yeah, you can definitely tell like the marine most, design mostly. I I think I don't know exactly how that works, but those are pretty similar if you look at them. But the I remember the what was it? The, was it the trailer for Warcraft? No, not Warcraft Two. Sorry, Starcraft Two. Um, Starcraft Two with the Marine yeah, getting with ready, the Marine and getting like ready. This, this huge suit. It's about yeah. damn time. I mean, there are the, these huge, <laughs> like m- almost like mini mech suits that these Marines are putting on. You know, they have these giant rifles, oh, and even the lore. Yeah, even the lore with Marines being convicted criminals that are literally stuck in their suits. Like, that's awesome. Like, that's so it's, cool. I mean, the cutscenes, <laughs> like, so the cutscenes for, like, the first game especially, like, they're in that really kind of weird graphic style. And, like, the Zergs and Zerglings are huge. You know, it's crazy how big the Zerg, yeah. like, in the game, it's not really to scale as it is, like, in those, like, cutscene videos. But, man, that scene where they're all fighting in the trenches, Fireback comes in, like flames all those guys, and you know, then there's like three Zerglings yeah. from behind or whatever. There's even the one like where they're in the that ship yeah. out in outer space and they're trying to find something and they like self destruct because there are like Zergs on the ship or whatever. And also, also the name Zerg, yeah, I mean, the name Zerg the might so bring, cool the, bring a memory. Uh, Toy Story 2, you know, there's Zerg. Which <laughs> I watched Toy Story 2, Toy yeah. Story 2 recently, and that was I, I forgot how good that whole little oh, like mini okay. arc is with that extra buzz and Zerg. He's like, "No, I am your oh father." Gosh. It's yeah. like directly Dude, it's Star so Wars, and it's it's really funny. Yeah, uh, a little sidestep here. One, one. I would love down. to do an episode about Toy Story, mainly about the lore of the toys and like why they seem sometimes compelled to return to toy form. And then why other times they can just act like normal in front of humans. Love to do an episode about that. That'd be fun Two, If you like Starcraft and you especially like the cinematics, especially looking at like Starcraft two, um, there is a great, fantastic. And I I have to give a shout out here, not save our recommendations because it's so good, but I think it's called a Steris and it's a Warhammer like animation 
and it is I don't know anything mm-hmm. about Warhammer to be honest, but it's just this group of like space marines going and invading the ship to find this artifact and it's freaking awesome. Like if you love awesome like realistic grounded but like kind of still out there sci-fi stuff, check out this like I think it's like 3 or 4 minutes for the whole thing. I think it's a Steris. Find it on YouTube. Amazing. Just got to give it a shout out. Yeah. But Jack Talk a little bit to me. Tell me tell me a little bit. We didn't have as much experience as this as we did with StarCraft, but I think we did play it before. But uh, Warcraft 2, Tides of Darkness, which I believe uh, is... Was that the I expansion? think that was just the original game. I don't Warcraft know. 2, Tides of Darkness. I think that was just the full name. Talk to me a little bit about Warcraft 2, because in the same way, you know, that StarCraft is so lovingly designed and like all the units seem to have their own individual characters and characteristics uh warcraft 2 is very much like that as well yeah so warcraft 2 so if we're wondering why the names are so similar they're by the same company blizzard um warcraft 2 takes place in a very fantastical um fantasy kind of world and so it's just simple orcs versus humans that's like all that warcraft 2 is and so each race has their own campaign you play through I mean, this is where you get, you know, the peons and they're like, zub, zub, something need doing, you know, that whole thing, like something need doing. (laughs) And then you have the, you know, the grunts and you have like, you have all these like super unique characters. I mean, that dragons, the dragons, you you have the dwarves and those helicopters, the zeppelins, you have griffins, you have the cool elves and the rangers. There's like death knights. Am I, is that, am I remembering that right? Yeah. this like f- you, I don't quite remember. I do mix up like Warcraft two and Warcraft three when I think about them. I'm, I'm just, I feel like I'm recalling a specific like image from the game, but I can't remember. But then you also have like the ogres, you have the elf, the elf archers, the troll axe throwers. I mean, a lot of these. Oh, the troll axe throwers. That's, those are so cool. I love those. The guys. sound effects it's- for this game are so like they're dated, obviously, but they're so good. Um. Pretty violent, yeah. actually. It's funny because this is, I think, because this came up before StarCraft 2. So this, I don't know if this started it, but in most Blizzard games, if you are like Blizzard or TS games, if you click on like a like a random like uh, NPC, like animal, like a chicken or whatever, if you keep clicking on it, eventually it'll just explode like a nuclear bomb or yeah. it'll, they'll just combust. You have to click on it a lot. Yeah, like maybe like a hundred times, but like it'll happen. And it's so weird, but Warcraft two also has like a lot of iconic soundtracks in it as well. Oh, you have the classic goes like, dun, 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 because we played this when we were really mm-hmm. young, before I kind of could really understand stuff like, you know, Lord of the Rings or D&D, that kind of thing. Uh, right. So this is probably like one of the best visual representations for this whole fantasy world. And God, we we play this yeah. game a lot. You know, not like you said, not as, lo- not as much as Asian Empires or Starcraft, but this is a game that we still reference today. Um, just some of the characters' voice lines and... That, that sort of stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, Jack, I don't know. Did you play a lot of uh, Warcraft 3? Um, I, I gotta say, not a ton, but I did play it enough to... 
it was that was one of the weird ones where it was almost too complicated for me to care, but it wasn't that complicated. Mm. There was just yeah. For me, there's a weird line with RTS games where it's a little too much. I think Age of Empires three, when we talk about that, kind of balances it a little bit better. But Warcraft three, there's just a lot of stuff you have to kind of think about in the background. Um, so yeah, I'm not really sure. But three was fun when I played it, though. Yeah. I will say that if you haven't played three, three is definitely just worth playing for the campaign alone. I mean, it, three is just three is really, I think, where the story of Warcraft really kicks into high mm-hmm. gear. And it's just it's really cool for that. I mean, this is where you f- see like the rise of the Lich King and, you know, stuff like that. And I if so, if you're ever hesitant or like wanted to give it a try, I definitely say, yeah. You know, but as with all of these games, the campaigns are a great place to start because the campaigns kind of slowly introduce you to all of the different mechanics. I mean, it's great in StarCraft, like they'll soft lock you. So like a campaign, you can only research or only develop this much. And then the next one starts and the next one, they're like, hey, by the way, you can build this new unit. Just so happens that this new unit is exactly what you need to win. (laughs) And so like. The campaign, especially, I think is amazing. And Warcraft 3, I think we could have like a whole conversation about it. But like I said, I'd like to save that maybe because it has an awesome campaign. I mean, Warcraft 3's campaign. Yeah, I'll have to play through that sometime soon. Definitely worth playing because, because you know, too, like the story, it's such a heavy story thing. And you have your heroes specifically, like you have your hero units, mm-hmm. which are cool. Because I always loved in StarCraft when you see like a random marine or somebody with a high kill count and you're like this guy this man dude they need to bring saved. that back this guy has like yeah like you have these him. marines that have like 21 <laughs> kills you know been kept alive by a medic and you're like i ain't losing this guy i'm pretty sure as well I ain't losing the higher him. kills you have i think their rank goes up i think i'm not sure but i think so but like it doesn't yeah it doesn't really do anything. anything it's just kind of a cool little you know thing. what i mean um yeah i remember yeah. that too but that's a what's so cool about the third one is that you have like specific heroes and like you can level up your heroes while you're playing the missions so i really enjoy warcraft 3 i just wanted to mention it it just would feel weird to oh, not mention sure. it at all this conversation i know there's some other ones like what command and conquer is a big one i know there's tons of rts's that we won't mention here that are probably amazing but jack what's the next one you want to get into so i want to get into while we're on the topic of threes age of empires three Age of Empires. One, I think we played a good bit, but this mm-hmm. is kind of where we started falling off the RTS train, personally, I think, is Age of Empires yeah. 3 and onward. So, I think this one is not underrated, but it's definitely, something about it just didn't capture me as much. I think it's me not liking, because this one takes place like in the Revolutionary War kind of era, um, muskets, um you yeah. get a lot of uh, Native Americans. You have, like, trains. You have, you know, mm-hmm. railroads you can get for supplies. And um, the different civilizations have, again, like the other games, different bonuses. But there's this whole, like, card system. And as you level up your, uh, like, your town center, you can choose, like, oh, I want to get, like, a... I want to go Food, this route. Wood. Yeah, exactly. Minute, so militia. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of that realm. And that's that's as far as personally... That's as complicated as I as I want to get with RTS games, and I think that's kind of why I, why I started falling out. Um, because 
I mean, this one, it is, it's really cool to line up like 30, 40 guys with all muskets and like they'll shoot down mm-hmm. the line, you know, the smoke goes everywhere. I mean, it is yeah. a really fun game. Um, I think the reason it doesn't stick out as much to me is just solely because, like I said, I was on the kind of tail end of RTS games. Because I think that's around the time I started getting into more shooters and console games. So, who knows? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, Age of Empires 3 sticks out to me because, you know, like that was one of, like, we had such a history with Age of Empires 2 that coming into it and having it be not super different, but different enough. Like, the removal of you know, armies with swords or um, stuff that was hard for me to get over. And so like, I kind of would like to revisit age of empires three again to kind of see, but I remember one thing, I don't know why this sticks out to me. One thing that was really cool is that if you would have your musket men or whatever, instead of shooting a building to bring it down, because of age of empires two, your guys literally just go up and they start hacking at a building with yeah, their, yeah. <laughs> their, their weapons. But age of empires three, I remember like they would throw torches mm-hmm. at the building, which I thought, always thought was kind of cool. Like a little, just, Instead of like, oh, we're not going to shoot the building. We're going to burn it down. I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> you know what it I mean? Makes a bit, like, makes a little bit more sense than shooting at it with arrows or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, so I don't remember much of Age of Empires 3. I know I played through the campaign and enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, again, it was just, it didn't, I think the tone and like the era that it had moved into lost me a little bit. And that's why Age of Empires 4 kind of speaks to me a little bit more, you know. Is yeah, I always, I and say, I know. Sorry, go ahead. I will say that it's really cool the way the cannons like take apart the buildings as they shoot at them in Age of Empires yeah. 3. And also how like the cannonballs, if you use them on infantry, yeah. it's not as effective, but it does like blow them away. Like they're Sins of you flying, know, yeah, like ragdoll. You know, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. That. that was kind of a cool little touch in the game, though. I remember being that that was entertaining. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, you know, like I said, I don't remember much from it. Uh, I would like to go back, but. Yeah, for me, Age of Empires 3 is definitely the decline. I mean, I think there's one other major one that I definitely want to bring up that I think we played a ton of. And I know I, I know a game out there exists like this, and so maybe the audience can tell me. But I've always wanted a game. Very much in the style of Age of Empires 2, but starting from that age and then advancing all the way up to like sci-fi technology. You know what I mean? I've always kind of wanted that and I know it has to exist out there, but it definitely doesn't definitely not like in something I've seen, but of course RTS is kind of a blind spot for me very much as with a lot, like some other different subgenres of games, like they're just blind spots for me. Talk about like Metroidvanias, you know, roguelites, all that kind of stuff. I love that kind of stuff. Uh, card games, like all that kind of stuff is pretty, you know, I see a lot of it, but yeah, RTS is kind of miss out a lot. So I have one more, Jack. But uh, what uh, what 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 do you want to bring up next? I mean, there there's one that I want to try that neither of us have tried, but it's called Their Billions, and it's an RTS game oh, where yeah. you build up defenses against individuals like zombie horde. That is like, I don't know if it's billions. actually a billion, <laughs> but it's thousands of zombies. Like after the certain time limit, you can set different parameters and I, stuff yeah. like that. I definitely want to try that game out sometime because it looks really cool. Uh, but other mm-hmm. than that, I mean, I can't really think of any other games that I've. I, th- I think I know the one you're going to bring up. So is it, oh, is it Supreme Commander? Supreme Commander. Yeah. I was other than Man. that, I think it's just Supreme Commander that's left. So, so for me, sorry, were you? No, to, I was going to say if you want to dive in. 
Oh. <laughs> Beat you to the punch. Yeah, exactly. For me, Supreme Commander was the first game that really... I Like, the amount of scale that Supreme Commander has, like, blew my mind when oh, I first yeah. played it. Oh, yeah, yeah, So, Supreme Commander is, like, far future sci-fi stuff. And you start with these huge mechs, and you just build these giant cities, and, you know, you have planes, and you can have navies, and all these ground units. But what's so cool about it is you can zoom all the way out to, like, this almost, like, continent-level view. Yeah, yeah. And I got to say, there's something special in Supreme Commander. Like, Jack and I were playing it, and, you know, I set up my uh, the artillery, and I just see the little poof, little lines go over and mm-hmm. little explosions over there. It's Jack and then Jack sending in all these units. And Supreme Commander is cool just in terms of scale and then definitely how satisfying I think it is to build stuff in that game because everything kind of gets interconnected and laid out. And the one detriment, I think, of Supreme Commander is it's, in all of these games, it's devastating to lose a base or to, like, lose a combat encounter and have to kind of, like, rebuild. But in Supreme Commander, man, since you get kind of bonuses for linking everything together, if you have, like, a linked together power support system that, like, goes down because an artillery shell bombed it too many times, it's devastating. Because the whole line just is like... <laughs> but, man, Supreme Commander is awesome because, like, StarCraft has nukes, yeah. right? But, like, the nukes, and they, they're devastating, but, man, in Supreme Commander, the nukes feel like real, like, huge explosions. I mean, th- there's just this, like, robotic voice that's, like, nuclear launch detected, or I forgot what it said, or nu- nuclear missile Nucle- launch. Nuclear missile incoming. Yeah, and you're what like, oh, that? God. And it's just, it can be devastating. You can build these huge and you can have super strategic weapons. defenses, though, against them. Yeah. Like, Neil, they basically kind of... It's almost like real life. They have like these missiles that go up and like snipe it out of the air or whatever. So yeah. I think it explodes in midair if you have those. But I mean, the race that I play, they have these each like race because like the, the three different races of robots. They have these different um, like it's experimental units. And so the one I play, they have this artillery thing that it takes a long time to build. But I built two of them, and this huge like. Um, like spire comes out that splits down to like six barrels and then just boom like shoots one it just keeps rotating and shooting yeah and like these go across like the whole map and so you have like two of them you can just like zoom out and you see little Uh, little rockets just yeah yeah the scope and the size of supreme commander is awesome like especially zoom up yeah you can zoom up so close Uh, and it's like like the weight of it like it feels weighty i mean even these robots that you build that look so small when you zoom out you zoom in and they're like bigger than trees. Like, yeah, you know, they're bigger than trees. Going along. And, it's Yeah. I mean Supreme cool. Commander is I think definitely underrated. I mean, like it's it is complex, I would say. And like it's easy to like mainline one type of thing in Supreme Commander. And so like I've never actually like with StarCraft, I can see how somebody would get really good at it. Supreme Commander, I'm like, I don't know how you know, you would manage all of this. You gotta play that campaign. Time. But, uh, yeah, just like you said, I mean, getting to build, like, the experimental Tech 4 super weapons is awesome. Like, the uh, United Earth Front has, like, this artillery sniper cannon that is super precise and basically can cover the entire map. And Mm -hmm. you can have, like, you know, huge fleets of planes do awesome bombing runs. And it's just... And it's so cool when you have the anti-air defense, though, that, like, the... 
they're really good ones. And so these planes come, meow, you know, and you see like getting shot down. They spiral down, and explode on the ground, and there's a lot of really cool stuff in this game. It was one of the arguably one of the cooler things too is when you have forest fields, mm. and you have like forest fields all around your military base, you know, and so then. Boom, like his bombs start hitting the shields, and you see like your energy going down because it takes energy to power those shields. That kind of stuff is really, it's really cool. Like this, like you said, we've been saying the scale of this game is really freaking cool. That's like, it is the biggest thing it has going for it. Apart from honestly, the, the design of everything is really pretty sick too. So, yeah. But, you know, ultimately, Jack, unless you have anything else to bring up as far as. RTSs go. I have like one other like small one I want to bring up that I've kind of gotten back into recently. Um, but you know, I think I'm I think that about wraps it up for me. Yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to think if there are any more for me personally. I'm looking down my Steam list to see to see if there's anything on Steam. Um There's one called Northgard, which I haven't played a lot of, but it's kind of like a you know Nordic RTS kind of game um can't really speak to it much i've only played like an hour of it but it looks cool so i need to try that again more and maybe if we do another episode i can expand upon that more but it's kind of like with um mm-hmm. supreme commander i'd like to play like through the actual campaign in that game and actually right. like see, what the, see what, like what this tutorial say like hey this is how you get good this is how you build efficient energy or mass production or whatever you know it'd be kind of interesting to kind Definitely. of really dive into that game but I think yeah. I'm pretty good, so give me what give me what you got. So the last one, and this is actually spawned, I have it's kind of two small ones here. I I've been kind of getting into like trying to find some cool mobile games to play. Just because like every once in a while, you know, I don't feel like pulling on the computer and I just want something to kind of get but good mobile mm-hmm. games are hard to find. Definitely. I found this one though called Polytopia, which is like a super simplified version of like think of like civilization, right? Okay. Really fun. Easy to understand. No ads, too. Like, you just... Like, it's one of those, like, mobile games that you're like, man, if mobile games are all like this, like, this could be, like, a serious thing. Like, because I hate the games that you get into, and you're like, wow, this is fun. But then you're like, oh, I need to watch an ad to make this fun. Oh, I need to watch this ad every time I play. And I'm just like, I don't want to do that. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just dumb. Yeah, I'm thinking about doing, say, the Spire on my phone. Like, just because it'd be yeah. super convenient to have it on the phone, but I'm also like, exactly. I don't know if I want to buy it again. It's only like 10 bucks, but I was like, I don't know if I want to buy it again to just have it on the phone, mm. but definitely. Who knows? But so that game got me into uh, Civilization again. And so I'm playing specifically Civ 5. It's just the one I owned. So I just was like, yeah, I'll pick it up because I didn't really know if I wanted to like jump into the new one. But man, Civilization, it it's one of those games that I haven't played that much, but every time I play it, it just sucks away hours of my time like there is something there's something about building up your empire and like slowly researching these things exploring the map having diplomacy i mean i just started a game before we started recording where i'm like you know what i'm gonna play the holy roman empire and i'm gonna just crush everyone on the map with a military victory (laughs) you know but you can have a science victory you can have a diplomacy victory and it's interesting one of those games that like when you first jump in there's a lot and it feels almost like overwhelming. Like you don't know what's good. You don't know really what's going to help you. But the more you kind of play, you realize like, okay, this is just more of a chill game. Like this is more of like a, Hey, I can sit, take my turn 
order my units around and then I can end my turn. And so as opposed to a game like StarCraft where you're constantly forced, Civilization really rewards like thinking ahead and doing this. Mm-hmm. And it's just been fun to get into it again and kind of learn like how to build your civilization and kind of what to go. I mean, the game is really, I think, accessible because it it'll be like, hey, your military advisor advances or advises that you get this technology or your diplomacy advisor deploys this so you can kind of have some yeah, hint thanks man if you want to go down a certain route yeah. but yeah it's one of those games i've never gotten into super deeply but every time i've played it's just like it just sucks away time and i'm just like having like this great time just having a ball and so that's been fun to get it's been fun to get into again i just wanted to bring it up hmm. because i know civilization is huge out there so i mean but jack that's, that's about all i have for rts's I know we missed a ton out there. I know there's a ton of good ones, but let us know. Let us know some good ones. I would love to find another one, especially one where you can start at like Stone Age and go all the way up to like space. That'd be awesome. But you know, anyway, that would be very cool. <laughs> space battles. That's kind of what Starcraft is, but not really. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I, a game where you can start in Age of Empire times and then go to like Starcraft times. That's what I want. Like all the way. I want to be able to like fly over a like a. <laughs> Like a tiny village with my spider plane and be like, hmm. <laughs> oh, God. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, they have some resources. <laughs> oh, they're still in the Stone Age. <laughs> you know how, like, Spore, how you start off as, like, a parasite and go, like, all the way up? Yeah. Like that, except good. Yeah, basically. Spore definitely kind of loses me around. Anyways. Like, the when it gets to more. Like, After the tribal yeah, stage, it's yeah. just kind of. We start building cities. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, get it peters off a little bit. Sorry, doesn't suck, but the weird game. Yes, definitely a weird game. But I mean, I think, dude, I think we covered it pretty well. I mean, the games we know ourselves, I think we covered very well, and we kind of told why we enjoyed them. So that's that was kind of the goal of this whole episode. But definitely, if you guys have any suggestions out there of games we should try again or games you'd like to see us play. Maybe we could get that going. Who knows? But um, before we get the message from one of our patrons, I do intend to try Prey at some point. <laughs> I just don't know when I'll try it, but I I will try same. it at some point. There's so. uh, you know, before I close this out, Charlie. Well, I do. Do you have any recommendations? Oh, you read my mind. I was so worried. I was like, oh, he's gonna close it out without recommendations. Without Rex. Yeah. So I have several. I beat over this last week. I beat. Keep it short. Or I got. I okay. defeated the final boss for the first time. Um, Loop Hero. I highly recommend Loop Hero. It's a really cool nice. game. Um, it's a little grindy, and that's my kind of major thing about it is that it's a little grindy and it can feel random sometimes. But I, I say if you give it a try, like you'll know within the first thirty minutes if you like it or not. And you, if you don't, you can always return it. So Loop Hero, highly recommended. As far as books. I haven't started it yet, but just consider this a PSA. So, Audible released new versions of, unabridged versions of Lord of the Rings audiobook, right? But Jack, can you guess who is the narrator for these audiobooks? Uh, um, you know, oh, I'm so bad with names. Um, is it the guy who played Bilbo in the movies? Oh, close. No, the narrator, Andy Circus narrates. Oh, okay. Uh, 
by the way, I'm so excited to jump back into Lord of the Rings. It's I probably have to wait on it a little bit longer because I'm going through a series right now. Um, I know that I heard from one of our patrons that they started the three-body problem. Gotta tell you, it's amazing and keep going. I'm in the ending part of the second book. Mm-hmm. And, oh, this is, uh, sorry, oh. spoilers for anybody who doesn't want to know the story, but I just got to talk about it. So, as I said, I think in one of our past recommendations, the basic premise is that there's an alien race coming to uh, take over the Earth, destroy humanity. Uh, but they are, they're going to take 400 years to get there because space is huge. And so, you know, the human race freaks out and starts all these projects and protocols and is trying to do all these crazy things. And one of the main characters, like you basically, there's this technology where people can just hibernate basically and like skip year, like hundreds of years. And so the story skips forward 200 years. And when the character reawakes, right, it seems that humanity has gone through like an amazing technological revolution. Like they have underground cities, they have a space force. The idea that humanity would ever be threatened by some alien civilization seems impossible, right? Like there's no worry anymore. Like there were like we're humanity is so powerful that how could we ever, how could we ever defeat be defeated by some alien race, which yeah. seemed very at odds with how we kind of left it. Well. This probe, a single probe, enters our solar system and is surrounded by the fleets of the world. Like a million people on these fleets, right? And this probe activates. And uh, I have to tell you, the, the fear that humans are basically messing with, the, like this concept that they have no understanding of, this probe is just this, such this advanced thing that it just decimates this fleet. Like it's just it can basically fly at almost like three fifths the speed of light and it just zooms around and just shoots through like a bullet through all these ships. And it's going through so fast that it like causes all of the fusion reactors on the ships to all explode. And so literally within a minute and 30 seconds, they've lost like a whole line of ships and nobody has any idea what's happening. And so that's like right at the part I'm at. And I'm like, dude, can you imagine how scary that would be? So it'd be horrible. You're human on earth. You're watching this. And then all of a sudden, all these ships are blowing up. This fantastic fleet. Nobody can beat this fleet. One single alien probe. And it's just like, oh my God, what, what is going to happen? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, uh, spoilers in here, by the way. But uh, yeah, so anybody out there, I would definitely give this series a try. I'm listening to it as an audio form. I would say that while reading it, especially the first one, the first one was hard for me to get into and I kind of like didn't really start it. But now that I'm into it, I'm really glad I have. So Loop Hero, uh, the second one's called The Dark Forest, highly recommended series. I mean, this is this is amazing. So those are my recommendations for this week. Very nice. Gotta say, Charlie, um, don't really know if I have any recommendations this week. It's been kind of a busy week, so um, I, I don't really have anything. I'll be honest with you. So, I mean, now, Jack, the recommendations, I didn't, we didn't add the sections to be like deep, intensive recommendations. Like, this was just like, hey, what are you into this week? Like, what would you want to show somebody else? Well, uh, I haven't really. And so, I mean, if you want to bring up, if you want to bring up like what, I, what you just shared with me before the podcast, I mean, that would, you what could I, consider what that I just, a recommendation. What I just share with you? Oh. Discord call. <laughs> well, we, the, the, the song by Mook. 
I mean, I, I posted yeah, that on I posted that on Instagram. Yeah, bringing back into the Japanese rock band Mook. They've been around since 1997. Uh, still making music. Wow. They've released like 15 albums, and so I just you know, I know a lot of people don't listen to music that isn't in the language they speak because you know they might not get like and not it's not as like engaging. But uh, I can almost guarantee they got they got they have at least one song in there for someone. So just shuffle through their library of songs. I think they're 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 a couple of talented guys. So that's that's all I yeah. got. That's my pitch. Jack, I got one final thing before you end us out here. Mm. So I will post this on our Patreon. I'll also post it in Discord. But I wanted to bring up a couple topics that we could do for next week. So for one, I was thinking about doing one specifically about like Oblivion or Skyrim. I think those games are so big for us, you know, that it would be really fun to do one of those. So Oblivion, Skyrim, I think if I had to choose, I'd probably choose Oblivion. But I haven't, Skyrim is more fresh for me. Fresh. What about them? They're fresh. What about their legs? (laughs) They don't need those. They don't need those. God, the freaking or that's so good. Uh, Return of the King, long overdue. We still need to do that one. Is another one I was under mm-hmm. bring up. And then the last one I was thinking about is of course one I brought up earlier, and one that I don't know why I'm so obsessed with, but the lore of Toy Story. Or we could just do Toy Story in general. We could just work in the lore. You know, yeah, all the honestly, <laughs> as we're talking I mean, about the movie. I feel like Toy Story. We we have to do a couple parts for Toy Story, and or and or just do like a big long one. You know what I mean? Yeah. I might. It'd be kind of fun to get a guest in on Toy Story. You know, I mean, like get like Jack Henry on here for Toy Story because Toy Story is, I think, amazing. I mean, all of the movies. I love things about every single one of those movies. I mean, even four, which people I think kind of put down for a little bit, but four. There are some moments in that, and just the way the movie looks. I mean, I finally feel like we hit this point where 3D animation. I'm like, okay, it's okay that things aren't hand drawn anymore. I still miss hand drawn stuff a lot. But like, yeah, a new 3D animation, man, is it's really starting to like hit its stride. I feel. I mean, yeah, I mean, even look at a movie like uh, Monsters University, like the oh yeah, the prequel yeah. to Monsters Inc. Like that movie looks real. Like that's a really good looking movie, and just it's kind of. I mean, I mean, hats off to like just the animators, you know, sound design and voice actors just carrying these characters. I mean, it's it's kind of remarkable how good these movies are looking compared to you know the movies when we were kids i mean remember how freaky like sid looked and how the dog like, the dog looked in toy story one <laughs> just really kind of freaky we're kind of past the age of animation being freaky you know what i mean yeah for a while there 3d animation was just really weird yeah i agree that's that's all I have. I just wanted to kind of throw in some suggested topics to people who listen this far. But like I said, I'll post a more official poll on Patreon and give you guys a reminder in Discord. So, alrighty. And with that, go I ahead think and we're gonna be closing dock this ship. Here. That's that's golly. Just keep talking. Um, go ahead, guys. And- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just thought of powder toast man for some reason. <laughs> um, powdered. Toast. It's flying backwards. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Rack and Tear Collection. Really appreciate it. Uh, we're getting close to the year anniversary of the podcast. Um, not a ton is going to change. 
uh, for these main episodes, but hopefully we'll have Sorry. a lot more stuff coming for you in this very near future. So thank you guys so much. You can find us on, like, obviously, Spotify, iTunes, all those podcast places, and very soon YouTube. I mean, you can find one episode on YouTube. I had a comment from my parents being like, hey, when are more episodes coming out? We just keep listening to this one. I'm like, we need the views, so please keep doing that. Um, guys, we heard of Spotify. <laughs> Ever heard of Spotify nerds? No, but yeah, thank you guys so much. Obviously, we have a Patreon if you want to support us over there. And uh, Twitters and Facebooks. And, you know, we're we're just trying our best over here. So we're going to end it now before we screw it up. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye, everybody. But, okay. Jack, oh my gosh! The part what? When <laughs> it's like I don't know if it's like the Declaration of Independence or what, or the Bill of Rights. He's like, no, yeah, you need to stoke this fire. No, yeah, no, he's sitting in the chair. Ooh, bit chilly in here. Looks over the fire. The fire has gone out. Stands up, looks around. Ah, Bill of Rights and all that kind of stuff. Here's some dusty old papers. Crumples up, throws on the fire. They just combust. <laughs> Golly, that's funny. I Take don't, a dairy. I'm sorry, Take a letter. The letter L. <laughs> and then you're like, what? <laughs> I got stuck in my zipper. <laughs> don't worry. Leave oh. it to me. <laughs> oh, thank you, Powder Toast Man. <laughs> His blinks. <laughs> I'm sorry, fellas. I almost forgot. Flat <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. Sure. They, like, they did the nod. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Okay. Oh, right. it's probably not even that funny. That's it. That's it. Bye. 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 Bye.